Hello, and welcome to the AK-47 podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey, and I am in the cellar, the cellar, right, of the Villa Salviati in Florence, Italy, where I have just met someone who wrote a master's thesis on Alexandra Kolontai and on Alexandra Kolontai's reception in Yugoslavia. Interwar Yugoslavia. Interwar Yugoslavia. Okay, so... I am just going to, I think we are just sitting here and we are having some white wine, some very nice Tuscan wine. Yep. Bianco della Lanciola. I think that's how you say it. I'm not really sure. And so I'm just going to let uh, my two interlocutors here introduce themselves. I'm going to turn this around and hopefully this will not echo too much. I apologize for the sound quality, but we are just doing this totally low budget on the phone. All right, so uh, why don't you introduce yourself first, and then you can introduce yourself, tell me a little bit about your master's thesis, and then we can have a conversation about Colantis. Perfect. Um, great. Thank you very much. I'm Marta Chmielewska, and I'm a second-year PhD student at um, Eastern European University, and I work on um, socialism and post-socialism in Poland. Um, hello, uh, I'm Inja Bojakovic and I'm first year researcher at the Department of History working on communist women's movement in the interwar period. And I did a master thesis on Alexandra Kolonte, yes. So can you tell me a little bit, because you were saying that so there were some publications of her work and uh, there was, you were interested in the reception of her work. Can you talk a yes. little bit about that? Yeah, okay. So first I started reading her work that was translated to Serbian, which is a new woman. It was translated as such. And then I got in, interested in her ideas and I did this very small research for a course. Like uh, when you Google Alexandra Kolonte in English, in uh, Serbian and in Russian, what results do you get? And usually it's like when you Google it in Russian first, you see like, ah, this like Valkyra of history. She had so many men. She was like uh, seductress. Um, In Serbian, it was like a woman who started the sexual revolution, woman who told everybody to have sex. So it was only that, like uh, her theories, her ideas, um, you can find them only if you go straight to Google Scholar. So first results are very focused on her sex life and what she did, who, who she was with and who she did it with. So I, uh, I assumed that, uh, that it would be good to challenge this picture of Alexandra Kolonta in, in Serbia. So I started writing a master thesis to explain her theories, her ideas, to reintroduce everything that she did. So I sat down and started reading everything that she wrote ever and everything that I could find first in Russian and then in Serbian. And uh, it uh, later um, turned actually into this article titled uh, The Reception of Alexandra Kolontai's Ideas in the um, journal uh, Ženski Pokret, which is a women's movement. And it's a actually liberal feminist journal from the interwar period, which makes it even more interesting. Yeah, much more interesting. And uh, ironically, on this podcast, I just finished reading and discussing New Woman. So everybody who has been listening will know that we just discussed this essay. I mean, it was an abridged version of it because it's a very long essay and she talks about a lot of books that nobody these days remembers anymore. So what was the reception? of Kolontai uh, in, in, in the interwar period in Yugoslavia. Mm, okay, 
So it changes uh, from the 20s to the 40s very drastically. So it's very interesting. So the first thing that was published uh, in Jansky Pokret, so I'm looking only at, in Jansky Pokret uh, mm -hmm. at this point. In this journal. Yes, Yeah. in this journal. So the first article is the article uh, in which uh, a male author introduces her ideas about prostitution, about marriage, free love. Uh, it's very descriptive, nothing to... Uh, he doesn't give any comments on it, but he he's saying... Um, our readers want to know about the position of women in Russia and there is no better person to tell us about the position of women uh, in Russia than Alexandra Kolonte. So he just uh, writes down his, uh, her ideas and that's it. But that was in like 1921. And then year later in 1922, there is this very short article uh, published by uh, a socialist, Aloysia Stebi, Uh, she's a Slovene, uh, and she says, um, uh, "I uh, this is uh, part of the interview that uh, correspondent of a journal, L'Europe Nouvelle, uh, did with Alexandra Kolontai, so I'm just leaving this here for my readers. And she gives us this small chunk of interview this French feminist did with Alexandra Kolontai, so we don't know who it is. Then I started asking myself, why why didn't she tell us who it is? Yeah. Like, it's very interesting. And then I started uh, looking at these uh, women, French feminists who traveled to Soviet Union in the interwar period and discovered it was Louise Weiss, a very, very prominent feminist, but very liberal feminist. And mm. she she talks to Alexandra Kolontai about free love, about family, And then I started researching their their conversation because I managed to find find the original of their interview in French. Uh, yes, so it was published in this journal, uh, L'Europe Nouvelle, uh, first uh, as a chapter uh, of her piece uh, five weeks in uh, Moscow mm -hmm. because she went uh, to Moscow to 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 do this like political research of the situation after the um, after the revolution. So it was in 1921. And then she met, uh, she met Karla Radek and talked to him. She met Kolontai and she met, uh, met Trotsky and did all these interviews. And then she talks to Alexandra Kolontai. And in uh, this journal, Jansky Pokret, we have just several ideas of Alexandra Kolontai in which you see that there is this ideological ant antagonism between Weiss and Kolontai, even though we don't know who Weiss is at that point, but you see that there is antagonism because at one point Kolontai says, the family as you bourgeois, uh, European bourgeoisie sees it, and you can see that she's like putting Louis Weiss in the cohort of European bourgeoisie, yes. of course, and like continuing the, the debate, bourgeois feminists and communist women on the other hand. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, when you find the original of this article, you can see the responses of Louis Weiss, who who says, I went to Russia, everything is terrible, people have no food, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, uh, I had a professor opening a door for me and now she's a working woman because now the bourgeoisie is mm -hmm. like the working class. She's so, uh, so disappointed and she uh, told me, um, she says, There was a woman who told me, uh, a mother, uh, that she has to read Tolstoy to her daughters every night so they wouldn't forget the old values and the tradition. And this is how she, she starts interview with Alexandra Kolontai. Wow. 
And then we have Alexandra Kolonte who comes into picture with all her radical ideas mm. being like, no, we need to abolish the family. We don't need private property. We need this. We need this. We need free love in which the solidarity will, will prevail. Uh, and she has all these ideas and Louis Weiss is just saying like, no, like th that all sounds okay, <laughs> but no, no. Like, yeah. So we have this interview in Jazz Hippocrat and I found it fascinating that we had it like in this liberal feminist journal. And after that, in 1923, we have a first publication done by a communist, so penned by a communist, uh, communist uh, called uh, Desenka Cvetković. And she actually writes a book review of Alexandra Kolontai's New Woman. Ah, yes. And that is when uh, actually uh, one, one Serbian author uh, says that that is when the New Woman was born on the pages of the Yugoslav periodicals, when Desenka Cvetković introduced Alexandra Kolontai's New Woman. Do, there we have a review, and this review is published in three parts. And it's uh, really interesting because through this review and several other articles, the, the discourse of the journal, which is, as I said, liberal feminist, becomes hybrid. It, it, it has this influx of communist ideas, but very subtly, very like, uh, not directly. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have like this proletarian ideas on the pages of liberal feminist journal, which is really interesting. And then uh, later, in the beginning of the 30s, they uh, introduce parts of uh, Alexandra Kolonte's uh, autobiography. Uh, of the sexually uh, emancipated communist woman. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but just just chunks. Just chunks. And just yeah. chunks of it. And through these chunks, I think that they wanted to to show that Alexandra Kolonte was a human being. Like because after 1924 and the, the workers' opposition mm -hmm. and her her literally work, she was a bit like uh, marginalized. Mm -hmm. And they are saying, okay, she did this. She had these radical ideas, but you see, she did, she struggled with her marriage. She was struggling with all these people who were involved in her life, and it was tough and it was difficult. And when they sent her to a mission, like uh, to Mexico and to Sweden, and she was very unhappy. Mm -hmm. And they are just trying to put this humanizing portrait of Alexandra Kolontai right. in this journal. And I think that is the last time we, we read about her in this particular journal. But as the situation in interwar Yugoslavia is changing and uh, the struggle between the communists and the government uh, is becoming more and more fierce, uh, we again see Alexandra Kolontai, but in other journals, in the newspaper, saying this communist woman she was like saying that everybody should have sex like like to uh, and of course referring to uh, her theory or glass of water mm -hmm. theory and she they are demonizing her and this lasts even into the second world war when they say communists are immoral and then they use Alexandra Kolontai's ideas to show how communists and partisans are immoral. So it's in the rightist new papers and uh, ah. journal articles. So yeah, it's quite interesting to see how, how it developed this discourse on Alexandra Kolontai and how it was used to introduce new ideas and then to antagonize. To antagonize them, yes. to basically say that she's just a symbol of the depravity of communism. Yes. Yeah. I know that it was translated. I mean, I know that it was translated in Bulgarian, it was translated in lots of languages. And this is the first time that I've heard of somebody actually doing research on the reception 
right? Yeah. And the way that it was used in that context. So I think it's really, yeah, I find it really fascinating. I mean, the thing is, is that I just wrote an article with a Russian historian mm -hmm. about Kolontai for a collection that is about communist women. And the Russian historian was, she was actually working in the archives with Kolontai's personal papers and everything like that. But she also said that today in Russia, Kolontai is remembered as a diplomat, ah, right? Also, Primarily yeah. as a diplomat, and that. Um, but most of the literature about Kolontai that's coming out are romance novels yeah. of Kolontai's yeah. various affairs with different men, and that yeah, it's kind of a salacious literature. Yes, which that's is the problem. It's like slut shaming for a hundred yes. years. <laughs> Yeah, after 100 years, the people have been slut-shaming yeah. Kolontai. But for example, in Yugoslavia, post-war Yugoslavia, there was this movie by Makavev, Mysteries of Organism. Uh, it's a new wave. It's a, And uh, if you look at this movie and you listen to the dialogue very, uh, very carefully, I think it's Alexandra Kolontai's ideas that the main uh, female character is actually... Uh, saying and it's really interesting and then in in the 90s there was this mini tv series uh, i forgot the name it's like the the heroes of the past or something like that about alexandra kolonte and her life and really yes and in the 90s it, yes shockingly in the 90s and it was actually broadcasted on this national re uh, radio television rts uh -huh. and uh, had all our famous actors and it was very pro 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 communist and it was very surprising very surprising and it even danced in the in in this scene where alexandra kolontai meets her i think uh, at that point it was her son who was portrayed and saying like oh, look at the future the future is so bright so it's a very positive like communist message and they broadcast it in the 90s on national television, which is extremely surprising. That is really surprising. And there was also a theater show done in, I think, also 90s. And after that, in 2000, maybe 17. Wow. Somebody did a, like a theater show uh, on Alexandra Kolontai and Red Love. Yeah. So I, I, I think that nowadays we can see sort of a, a revival of her ideas in the leftist circles. Definitely. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a good sign. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I certainly think yeah. so. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was amazing. Well, thank you so much. God, I, I'm so excited. This was a very spontaneous decision, as I'm sure you can imagine. I'm hoping that it's not too echoey in here and that the sound quality is, is passable. And uh, anyway, thank you all so much, as always, for listening, and keep up the good fight. Listen, I won't be clear, I won't be clear.